the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I am Scott Furrow, your host and fellow taxpayer. Good to be with you today. I was thinking about that because of the Inflation Reduction Act that got passed, which has a whole bunch of things in it, including all these stories about the uh, new IRS agents, 87,000 new IRS agents. And uh, what's true when it comes to that, when it comes to taxes, and what should we be thinking about? And I thought it'd be a good idea to talk about that a little bit. So uh, we will have a guest on in a little bit to help answer some of our questions and point us in the right direction. And we will spend a little time uh, just just talking about that and having the, the right perspective. You can join the conversation. Give me a call at 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. You can also email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. SoCalLive at KKLA.com. You know, there's all kinds of uh, different controversies or celebrations, depending on how you look at it, with that uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, one thing I thought was, it's kind of funny, I guess, is that none of the uh, news sources are, are calling it that, not none, but most of them are not, both on the uh, the left and right, because it's really not. But there's a poll by an organization called YouGov, and YouGov does a whole lot of political polling, and they're they're pretty balanced, I think, as far as those things go. And they asked, what does the average person think? Uh, does the average person, do you believe that the Inflation Reduction Act is going to reduce inflation? What would you say the number of people who believe that it will actually decrease inflation, the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, the answer in that poll is 12, 12%. And uh, what I thought was funny is it is 36% think it's going to increase inflation. <laughs> so three, three times of the people out there think it's going to do the opposite of what the title says. And 23% say it's not going to change anything. And uh, 29% aren't sure. And only 12%. Uh, it's pretty bad, 12%. But I, I think, and I bring this up because it's one of these issues, I think it's something that we should understand, that so often the Congress will put out some kind of bill and they'll title it something, but it has nothing to do with what really is in it. And this is this might be the the biggest example. Now, the uh, of that, I think, being... Uh, being true. Can you think of a better one? I can't really think of a better one than that. The other thing that's in there that has caused a lot of people to ask a lot of questions and have some distress is the idea that 87,000 new IRS employees, not necessarily all agents, but a lot of them will be uh, the type of people conducting audits audits and stuff, that kind of agent, uh, are going to be hired. The idea is, in fact, the 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 hope for those who do think it will reduce inflation is that those agents will be able to uh, increase the take from the IRS, not from money that's not owed, but money that's not ever paid. The IRS, uh, the Government Accounting Office, claims that about two hundred and fifty billion dollars a year that is owed is not actually paid. So they're they're meant to go after that. There's been so much news about this, and a lot of people frustrated in different ways. I thought it might be interesting to have 
a guest come on and really talk about that issue. Of course, I'm going to ask him about that, but also just the IRS in general and maybe some ways that we can uh, be thinking about that, what's important as a Christian. My guest is Phil Libertori from Your IRS Problem Solvers. You can find that website at yourirsproblemsolvers.com. And Phil is a CPA. He has extensive experience with IRS management for over 35 years here in Southern California, and he has helped thousands of people just like you and me out of IRS problems. Phil, welcome to Southern California Live. Oh, thank you, Scott. Great to be here today. It's great to have you here. Phil, the last time I saw you, you were literally on your way to the All-Star Game at Dodger Stadium. Oh, what a game that was. I sure was, and I thank you for hosting me for lunch there in the KKLA boardroom. It was a wonderful time with you, Scott. Well, I enjoyed getting to know you, and uh, you were with your son, is that right? My son-in-law, yeah. Your that's son-in-law, right. that's right. And you yeah. went to the All-Star Game with your son-in-law. That's a great, uh, a great moment, not just the game, but that you get to do that with family. Yeah, it's a great experience. Wonderful yeah. time. And uh, you were very proud of uh, your new grandbaby. Oh, yes. He's going to be two in October. He was just here in my office today. We were having lunch together, and he's just so much fun to be with. Is he already having tax problems? I know they're coming after you pretty early these days. Well, he's going to be ready. Let me tell you that. (laughs) I bet he is. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, Phil, something I think that uh, I enjoyed about meeting you, but it's something I think that is good for all of us to hear about when we, with whatever our profession is, is that for you... Uh, being an accountant and doing the things you do with your IRS problem solvers is uh, a ministry, not just a job. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we love to support uh, different Christian organizations and ministries, uh, especially here in Southern California, where we sponsor the Harvest Crusade that's in Anaheim uh, Stadium every year, and uh, we do a lot with the Dream Center da- downtown and Skid Row. So uh, we try to give back as much as we can and, and serve at the same time, Scott. And you give back, and I, I appreciate that. But I also appreciated you, your thoughts about how you even view your regular work just as an accountant, as a ministry to the clients that you serve. Um, you know, what are some ways that when you think about that in your job that – you know, just really bring a blessing to your client, to yourself. Obviously, it's a business. you got to have work to do. But all of us are doing things. How do we look at our professions as a ministry? Well, you know, we uh, we really serve the, the Southern California Christian community. And when they get into IRS issues or, or tax uh, problems, uh, we're there for them, and we, we want to serve them. So when they come in, uh, you know, they've all got a different type of story that uh, circumstances take them down a certain road and they're in a different situation altogether and they need a lot of help and uh, we want to sit there and listen to them Scott and Mm. a lot a lot of times we'll say hey let's pray over this let's pray for you let's see what we could do let's get a game plan together and we'll add them even to our prayer list even if they're going through some uh, issues in life or job challenges or relational challenges we'll put them on our prayer list and we'll follow up with that and we really want to serve them in any way we can, Scott. I think that's a great example, Phil, of how each of us, whatever our profession is, can remember it's a, that we're here on a mission to make disciples and to build each other up. And uh, I love it that you pray for your clients. And uh, Yes, it, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of joy. And uh, we just love doing that. Yeah. Well, you've got some people who are in a lot of trouble, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, they go from one spectrum to the other. I mean, there's unfiled tax returns, audits, levies, 
liens, uh, garnishments. Uh, and the IRS, with this new recently passed bill, as you mentioned earlier, uh, they're going to really beef up enforcement. So they're going to be coming after uh, everybody that owes the IRS. Right now, they're they're a little short-handed, so they haven't been as aggressive as they could be. Yeah, and uh, they're they're going to really beef it up now. Well, I wanted to ask, what is your take on that? As somebody who actually works with the IRS, and something that we try to do on the show is try to find, you know, what is really true, what is it that we don't actually know, what's what is accurate. When you you work with the IRS and you hear eighty-seven thousand new agents or new employees, anyway. How do you respond to that? What's the what immediately goes through your mind? Well, it's interesting because uh, they did mention the the eighty seven thousand new IRS agents, and of course that's going to be over the next uh, eight to ten years. I right. mean, it's not going to be an immediate hiring, but uh, they're definitely going to be gearing back up uh, and refresh the the community of uh, IRS agents and. Uh, in light of what's been happening in the political realm, it's kind of interesting that now the IRS is getting into the act. And without politicizing it too much, I mean, it's kind of like the sign of the times, Scott. And uh, they're just, I think the government overall is just getting more aggressive. Yeah. And uh, this is just another sign of that. I think you mentioned it uh, a moment ago that they have been short-staffed for a little while. And I think that's true. But this is a whole lot more than what they've ever had as far as the number of agents and uh, people working there. Yeah. I mean, they're, they've, they've lost some over the last 10 years when they haven't had any budget increases, but uh, this is definitely increasing the ranks uh, of the IRS. And and, and some some articles point out that they, uh, they're looking for uh, agents that are going to be uh, carrying guns. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure your guests and, and listeners out there have, have seen that. So, they're going to beef up their criminal investigation uh, division, which is somewhat alarming, but, I mean, that's that's their game plan right now. Yeah. Well, and that is part of it, that, that they have – I didn't realize this. I read about that because I wondered, well, what is this, you know, um, that they're asking for agents who um, will be comfortable being armed and going into dangerous situations – Right. Right. And I guess... Some, well, you know, yeah. that that's just a, a scare tactic and to intimidate the individual Americans. And uh, I think they're going to use that to their benefit, unfortunately. And, and we'll see what develops over this. I mean, it's going to be yeah, interesting. It's going to be... <laughs> it is interesting. You know, I, I think uh, you're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. My guest is Phil Liberatore from uh, IRS Problem Solvers. And... Um, you know, Phil, I think that uh, this is, you know, people responding uh, to this and whatever's happening with the, the arming of agents, whatever's true or false about that, I've found that just getting a letter from the IRS is a frightening thing. Well, Scott, that's interesting you brought that up. I can't tell you how many clients I have that uh, may get an IRS letter or new clients that, that get an IRS letter and they actually come into my office. And it's unopened. Oh, yeah. Said, I got this letter. I got this letter. They, Phil, I got this letter. What does it say? I didn't open it. I didn't open it. You know what? I, co- I totally believe that. No, I, it, it happens all the time, Scott. I mean, it, it's kind of funny in one aspect, but they're so afraid and frightened of it, uh, they don't even want to open it. See, I'm thinking that they don't need uh, armed guards. They just need more stationary. Well, if they send out more letters, I'll tell you, they get better responses, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, a few years ago, I had the IRS claimed that I didn't 
file a return. And I had. And the crazy part is uh, I got a, a refund and they even direct deposited my refund from that return. And I got letters for them from nine months threatening me with, with penalties and interest as they investigated. And every, even though I knew there was not going to be a problem, I was nervous every time I got one of those envelopes. Well, it's interesting because uh, they've been uh, a lot of them have been working from home during this COVID period, and uh, the mail has been staggering mm. at the IRS service centers. And I read somewhere there's over a hundred million pieces of mail still sitting that haven't been opened. So someone may have filed a return and they they sent it in, but they never were opened. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> So then they that, start sending out letters and say, wait, I sent it in. Right. Well, we never got it. So <laughs> that is uh, happening, Scott, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, and that is one of the reasons why they're hiring so many more people. They do want to catch up. We know they're behind. Yeah, they're really behind. They said it's going to take them over a year even to catch up with the current backlog. So it's yeah. interesting. So that part and of if, it and is. If you try to, and if you try to call, good luck there. I mean, uh, I think – one in nine calls actually get answered, and, and if you do get answered, you're on hold for over an hour or two. Yeah, that's uh, and that's no good, and people are, are afraid, and you need to be a little bit concerned, right, because the IRS has tremendous power uh, over you, and most of us don't know anything about our taxes, really. Absolutely, and uh, they send out letters a lot of times uh, – that are incorrect, believe it or not. Probably half half the time they're not correct because they they haven't matched up all the amounts properly on the tax return, and they spit out a letter through their computer system, and it's it's just not right. Yeah, that's what happened to me. And then nine months later, the funny part was is that they never actually agreed in the letters that I had filed my return. They just said we're no longer going to pursue this, but they never said yeah. I was right or wrong or they were wrong. Nothing. Just, hey, we're just going to stop sending you these letters. But they still threaten me with taxes and interest just in case. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. It happens all the time, Scott. I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. Well, but, I, yeah. I know it makes people uh, really nervous. And so when we have these reports about all these uh, potential agents and increased audits, uh, I read from the uh, General Accounting Office, our government's accounting um, supposed to give oversight to that, that $250 billion a year go uncollected. Um, but I also read on there that the majority of uh, people who get audited ultimately are people who make less than $200,000 a year. Right. And, and so that, I think, makes people nervous. So even though they're promising no new taxes on anybody under 400000 um, there's going to be a lot of audits. So, so for people listening, Phil, uh, and my guest is Phil Liberatore from IRS Problem Solvers. This is Southern California Live. What happens in an audit? Just so people know, if uh, you know, what happens in an audit? If somebody were to get audited, you know, what happens? Well, usually uh, it starts by getting a, a letter in the mail from the IRS uh, asking you to come on down to see us, or we'll be out to see you. <laughs> And then, and then they add, oh, by the way, bring in every piece of paper you have for the last three years. Uh, I want to alert your listeners out there, Scott, that uh, it's something you should not take on your own. Any conversation that you have uh, with the IRS is usually recorded, Scott, mm. and anything you say can and will be used against you. So when they ask you, like, an innocent question, uh, who did you work for or what's your bank account or 
who's your neighbor? I mean, they're not just asking that for friendly information. They're going they're gonna to use that and turn around and uh, use it against you. Yeah, I think that's why it's so scary, right, is that there's a tremendous amount of power. Um, oh, yeah, a tremendous amount of power. Uh, I mean, they audit people and businesses all day long, and so it's almost impossible to win against the IRS when you face an audit like that. Yeah, so do you find that uh, just kind of regular people get audited all the time, or is it more small businesses or even larger businesses? Uh, who do you work with more often? Who comes to you with that? Well, since they have been short-handed, the audits have been uh, down quite a bit, to be honest with you. That's yeah. what I've seen as a trend in my office, but uh, with this hiring, of course, that's going to go up, but... Uh, they usually target returns that look out of the norm, like uh, someone using all round numbers, you know, for deductions or hmm. uh, failing to include some income on their on their tax return will trigger an audit. I mean, uh, any number of, of things could trigger an audit. Uh, the computer will spit out the return, and then it, and then it looks it has a look by an IRS agent to see if they want to call the individual taxpayer in for an audit. So. It, it's first computerized, and then secondly, the the individual auditor will look at it to see if it warrants a, an audit. All right, so somebody actually will look at it and uh, and do that. Um, you're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. My guest is Phil Libertori from Your IRS Problem Solvers right here in Southern California. You know, so Phil, what should a person do when they're thinking about their taxes? Um, what should they do? I mean, I think the first thing they should do is probably come to you right before uh, they work on any of that but you know when a person if a person doesn't want to get audited what are the things that they can do to be most careful well they need to be careful that they include everything on their tax return and that uh, they properly deduct everything according to uh, what's allowed by the irs code uh I, i wouldn't recommend trying to do a tax return yourself unless it's just plain old simple tax return, Scott, but uh, anything beyond that, I think it should take a professional like myself to prepare it and make sure it's audit-proof. That's one thing we do. We make sure we we got our audit-proof coverage mm-hmm. uh, on each return we prepare here in our offices. So if somebody uses a professional like you, uh, and they get the uh, letter they don't want, you'll go with them down to the IRS office? Oh, we, t- we take care of everything, absolutely. Uh, and and it's it's not recommended they even contact the IRS. They should always go with a professional like myself. Yeah. Um, and I, we take care of it all. I think that's super good advice because, like you said, they're they're recording everything you say. It's just like getting an attorney, right? Is don't say anything until you have your attorney. And right. Same thing exactly. uh, with an accountant. Um, you know, what are some other issues that people are facing with the IRS today? Maybe some of our listeners, you know, I, I get these texts that say, you know, uh, you owe this much, click this, you're going to jail. Uh, and I know they're fraudulent, but they must work, right? Do, they, does, do people click on it and hand over their personal information? Yeah, unfortunately, some people answer that phone call or, or click uh, an email or a text. Uh, yeah, that's all fraudulent. Uh, the first contact usually by the IRS is strictly by mail. That's the first point of contact. So if you're getting a contact outside of a piece of mail, uh, it's you, it's not the IRS. And, and there's so much fraud going on out there. It's incredible, Scott. Yeah. Well, that's a great piece of advice right there, I think, for people, that if you didn't get it in a letter, the scary letter that maybe you didn't open, uh, open it. Um, that might be for real. But if it's not a letter, if it's an email or a text or a Facebook post or something, it's fraud. 
That's fraud, and and there was a scam going along a long time with the phone call saying, "Hey, if you don't return the call, we're going to come down and arrest you." I mean, that's that's not even the IRS talking. But. Right, I got those all. I got those all the time. <laughs> it was effective for a while. I think everybody uh, got got the whim of that after a while. Yeah, I think they figured. I I when I when I get those calls, I ask them. I just go, "Hey, I know this is fraud, but does this work for you?" I mean, <laughs> where? how is this working for you? Oh, well, Phil, I appreciate you coming on. And um, what else, you know, when you think about this and people who uh, might have potential problems or who might need help, you know, do you have a story that you can share of somebody who just was really in a hole but ended up doing super well because they came and uh, had their taxes looked at by you? You know, what is very common uh client that comes in is one that hasn't filed for multiple years yeah. and uh they missed one year and they're they're frightened to do the second year now and they could go on the third fourth fifth sixth seven i've seen up to 15 years actually scott they haven't filed but wow they think they owe all this money and uh it's interesting i think over half the time or even more they're actually getting money back huh uh but I got to alert your listeners: if you haven't filed for over three years and you're getting refunds, you're going to lose them. Right. So you got to claim refunds within three years. Mm. And the statute of limitations for the IRS, if you owe money, is ten years. So if anything's older than ten years, more than likely it's it's dropped off because of the statute of of limitations. So I think the biggest victory we have is people would unfile tax returns. Uh, the second one is penalty abatements. Uh, very little tax very little taxpayers know that there's a penalty abatement program where you could abate penalties if there's reasonable cause and a lot of times are very uh, successful in those penalty abatements Scott yeah well to do that they've got to uh, go ahead and call you and get filed in order to uh, get to work on all of that yes yeah, absolutely so I would encourage everybody don't be afraid if you haven't filed for a long time you know I know it's fearful we all get afraid of those letters and the whole idea of the IRS but it could be even in your favor it's definitely in your interest to get it done absolutely and and the IRS takes monthly payments a lot of a lot of taxpayers aren't even aware of that if you owe some money and you can't pay it they'll go up to 72 months on a payment plan uh, yeah. so you could pay that off yeah um, before we go, Phil, your, um, your business, IRS Problem Solvers, you can reach it at yourirsproblemsolvers.com. Is that the best way to, to reach you? Yeah, there's uh, actually, it's, it, that's one, but uh, the one that's most popular is stopirspain.com. Stopirspain.com. Or my phone number is 877-6-SOLVER. 877-6-SOLVER. Um, S-O-L-V-E-R. All right. Uh, Phil, I really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, getting to know you a little bit, and especially your ministry. I know you're really helping people. I know it's your job, but you're really helping people, and uh, I love it that you pray for your clients. That matters. Yes. Thank you, Scott. It's, uh, It's been a joy to talk with you today. All right, Phil. Thank you for joining us on Southern California Live today. That was Phil Liberatore from IRS Problem Solvers. You can get there by going to stopirspain.com or yourirsproblemsolvers.com, or you can call 1-877-6-SOLVER. You know, if you're afraid of all this, and I know many of you are fearful, like he said, people don't even (laughs) open the envelopes, just get it done. You know, you will get through it. You will be fine. Uh, They're not coming into your house with uh, guns and ammo, probably. Uh, You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We will be back in just a moment as the Wednesday edition of SoCal Live continues. Stay tuned. 
This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Wednesday, very hot Wednesday out here in Southern California. It is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host, if you want to join our conversation. Number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Before the break, we were talking to Phil Liberatore, who is the uh, founder of your IRS problem solvers, and uh, you maybe have seen uh, his commercials or heard those uh, around. And he talked about people who get a letter. I mentioned that just getting a letter from the IRS is is frightening. And he said that people come into his office all the time. They haven't even opened it. They don't even know what it's about. That is, uh, that's power right there. And I, I, I mentioned that, that uh, I got this letter saying I didn't file my return, and I had filed it. And I even got my refund back, right? So obviously I filed it and they got it. Nine months and they sent me threatening a letter every month and then they, they never acquiesced. They never said, oh, sorry, our mistake. Uh, some of that, and it's one of the things we want to point out is with uh, all the conversation about the 87,000 new agents, uh, I wanted to get to the bottom of that. I thought, well, are they really, you know, 800? What's the deal with that? And uh, some of it is they are potentially hiring it. The bill doesn't actually say they have to spend, it's about $80 billion to the IRS. It doesn't say they have to spend it on agents, actually. The reason people think it's agents is because there was another report a couple months ago saying that the IRS needs 87,000 new agents. And the cost would be $80 billion, and that cost happens to be the same thing. So that's probably what they plan to do with it. He, uh, Phil mentioned that... uh, you wait on 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 hold forever isn't that a joy just waiting on hold uh forever you know some of you have that happen when you call this show but we get to your calls pretty quickly and uh and if you want to call it's 888-528-2557 have you ever gotten scary letters from the IRS and turned out uh, you and you worked it out you got a story to tell with that i think they used to have a lot more people working there because years ago a long time ago i got a letter and I had, I can't remember if now if it was penalties and interest, but it was years after my return. And uh, I guess it's 10 years that the IRS has to come after you for money that you owe. I think it used to be seven, maybe it's 10 now. And apparently I had made a mistake and it was just the 1040 easy form. You know, I, don't, I was working for Kmart or someplace, right? It just wasn't a lot of money. Uh, but I had made some mistake. Now the mistake, when I looked at my tax form after I got that scary letter, it was obvious that I made a mistake. And it cost me like $65. And at that time, $65 was a large amount for me. It was just, you know, it's, I mean, that's always, that's a tank of gas uh, a year and a half ago, less than that now, three quarters of a tank maybe. So it's still a lot of money. But back then, you know, I was rolling pennies for gas back then. So $65 from a tax return that I probably filed when I was, you know, 20 or something, uh, give me a break. So I wrote, there was this opportunity to appeal. And I wrote this lengthy appeal. And in, and part of my appeal, what I was grumpy about, was not that I didn't owe it. I did owe it. It took me it took me 30 seconds to figure out, oh, they're right, when I looked at my return. I owed the money. What was irritating to me is they tacked on a bunch of interest and they waited, I think it was seven years or almost seven years, to send me that letter. And so my letter back was, why did you wait so long? Was it just to collect all this interest from me to attach? Maybe it was a $25 fee or something. There was some kind of calculations. And so I wrote this long letter and I explained how the government should use computer software. And I said, I was, it was kind of a snarky letter, 
uh, <clears throat> as I've done before. Not saying that's the right thing to do. It's what I did. I thought maybe if it was, I meant it to be humorous and thinking that that might, whoever, whatever agent reads it, you know, might, you know, have pity on me for being silly. Uh, and I introduced them to Microsoft Excel. I tossed in uh, my envelope, one of those AOL C, you know, uh, CD-ROMs. We used to get those in the mail, America Online, when the internet was new. Uh, for those of you who are uh, younger in our audience, uh, you used to actually have to uh, load software onto your computer and form to get uh, the internet and dial up, and it made this crazy noise, and it was really slow. And America Online, which got to be this huge company because everybody signed up for them, they would just mail out these CDs. I think I got a CD in the mail from them every week. One time in church, we we asked the church. I was at a big church in the 90s, and we the youth director asked the church to bring in their AOL CDs that were coming in the mail to them because he wanted to decorate the youth room in them. He decorated in a week. He got enough CDs, compact discs, to cover the wall in the entire room. It was huge. He had so many of those. It was just a waste, right? But that's how much money they had. Anyway, I sent them one of those, and I introduced them to Microsoft Excel and, and accounting software and all this stuff. And, and you know, obviously, they might have had that, although I just read as I was looking up the story how behind the IRS is, even on uh, computer software and stuff. They might barely be using, you know, I don't know, Windows 95 or something. Maybe they went up to, to 98. Anyway, so I sent this crazy letter. I don't even remember all the stuff I had in it. Well, uh, a couple of months later, they responded, and they answered in a very unfunny letter. The letter I got back from the IRS was 20 pages long, and they responded in great detail to every one of my sarcastic little quips. And they told me about what software they used, and they told me this and that, and and every single line I said in there, uh, they... (laughs) they responded as if I was serious. So some agent either didn't have a sense of humor or he was deeply hilarious and decided with a lot of time and decided to write me that back. They explained everything and then eventually voted against me and I still owed the money. And that's how much time they used to have, but they don't have that time now. So anyway, the IRS is hiring a lot of people, $250 billion of uncollected taxes every year. That's how much money people are not paying that they should pay. I wonder how much of that is accidental and how much of it is uh, for real. Like, I mean, you know, you know you owe it, but you just decided not to pay it. Uh, I'll tell you something. They know it, and uh, they eventually get around to you. If they did change that statute of limitations from seven years to ten, it's probably because they need the extra three years. But they are coming. All that is to say is, my friends, pay your taxes. You know, just just get them paid. Uh, file your return. I know it's scary. Uh, I was helping somebody uh, a little while ago. He's several years behind and just hasn't filed, and probably they owe him money. Um, But it's just nerve-wracking, I get it, uh, to do that. Anyway, 888-528-2557 is the number. Also looking at uh, that expense. Um, And the reason I'm talking about this is in our conversations with people and in this weird time that we live in that everything is political and everything is so politically charged, and there's some reasons to be worried and upset. Um, we also, I think, need to, as Christians, try to be at least accurate. And, you know, I don't think uh, that the IRS is coming after you uh, with a bunch of uh, weapons. Um, the thing is about the IRS, it's a little scary, that whole thing. It's like, why, you know, that was the other part of it, is why are they buying so much uh, ammunition? You know, the, the Treasury Department 
incidentally, the Treasury Department, which runs the IRS, they also run the Secret Service. Did you know that? Did you realize that? It's um, maybe something that you, you realize, but the Secret Service, oddly enough, is run out of the Treasury Department. And they do all kinds of work in uh, criminal investigations having to do with counterfeit money and uh, that kind of uh, anything having to do that was connected with the Treasury Department. That's where it got stuck, and that's what they do. Some of that money is probably for them. But I also read that the IRS itself does have an armed wing of agents uh, that supposedly is really there to uh, track down people who might be involved in organized crime or some other things. Um, you ever study the Al Capone thing? How'd they get Al Capone? For murder? No, but they got him for tax evasion. It's the exact same unit that Elliot Ness was a part of that was run by the Treasury Department. Do you ever watch that old movie? Uh, it was pretty violent, The Untouchables. And uh, Kevin Costner was Elliot Ness. And uh, don't show it to your kids. It's a pretty violent movie. Uh, Sean Connery was in that. Sean Connery got an Oscar for that. Uh, and he was great in that movie. You know, you want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. When a hitter pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital. You send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. That's what we all said. And it was uh, it was an interesting movie. Um, all throughout that movie, the IRS agents were not IRS agents. They were the police officers, Elliot Ness and company. The untouchables were treasury officers. And so some of that money uh, goes there. I actually found in a parking lot a Secret Service badge, just like you might see that kind of credentials. You open it up. And there's the badge. There is the picture of the agent, and it kind of flips up like you would see. I found it in a parking lot. And I looked around for her. I didn't see her. So I went to the phone book. We used to have phone books in those days. For those of you who are younger, phone books, there was this thing, this tree that they cut down and print everybody's phone number in it and put it in your driveway. And sure enough, there's Secret Service right there in the white pages. So I call them up, and they said, yes, we're the Secret Service. And the building that they instructed me to go to was a IRS office, Not, and it had no sign about Secret Service, nothing there about Secret Service at all. And I go into this IRS office, and there's people in there getting their tax forms and talking to some some clerks and other people doing tax business in there. And I noticed, I go in there, and they told me to sit down, and I sit down, and I noticed, just like in a movie, there's a guy with a newspaper at the door, and I could tell that guy's checking me out. And I walked in, and as soon as I walked in, another guy stands with a newspaper, and he's got the sunglasses on, the suit, the whole business, and he's sitting, and he's by the door that I just walked in. And this woman comes out, calls my name, and she seemed like she was nine feet tall. She was very tall, very kind, but I watched her eyes go up and down my whole body, and I knew that she knew within half a second my height, my weight, my the color of my eyes, everything about me she could have described. I mean, they were checking me out, and she asked me very kindly, where did I get it? Where did I find it? Well, you know, all those kinds of questions, and I answered truthfully, thankfully, and gave it to her. She thanked me. It was very nice, and then, and then the guys with the newspapers, they literally, as soon as she was done with me, Literally at the same time, they folded up their newspapers and walked in the back door. And then I left. And then a couple of weeks later, I got a phone call from that agent thanking me, probably for saving her job. I bet she got in a lot of trouble for losing that. Anyway, um, you know, just be aware. Not everything is scary about that bill. Everything is, you know, but there's there are scary things. But But be patient. Pay your taxes. Do what you're supposed to do. And uh, above all, if you're doing what you're supposed to do in this case, uh, don't worry. And if something happens and they do happen, 
Remember a few years ago, Lois Lerner and all of that, they came after uh, Christians and conservative nonprofits and different people. It happens. Um, even if that happens, there are people out there to help. And whatever's going on, Jesus is still on the throne. And it doesn't do any good to worry about that. Just do the best that you can. And uh, keep in mind that whatever you do, uh, including pay your taxes, don't let it be a distraction for you and uh, your ministry, the ministry that God's given you. I've got to take a break. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I will be back as the Wednesday edition of SoCal Live continues. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. It is Wednesday, a hot Wednesday. Flex alert coming up. We'll talk about that probably in the next hour. Did you know that today is, I think it's the first one of the year, you're supposed to uh, start shutting down your appliances and things like that. Not your radios and not your Alexa devices or however you are listening to Southern California Live with Scott Furrow today. You can keep listening to that, but don't run your washing machine. Run that after 9 o'clock. That's what they're saying. That starts at 4 o'clock. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to have these uh, brownouts and uh, different things this year, but I'm I'm guessing we are. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later on as we get to the top of the hour. This hour we've been talking about taxes. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of other issues coming to probably our conversation as Christians, even with taxes, with new legislation coming, different things about uh, um, abortion and tax dollars paying for that, what our tax dollars pay for. Um, you know, you can start to go down the, the list of all kinds of things that tax dollars are paying for that maybe we think they shouldn't. And it's an interesting conversation to have. Whenever we talk about taxes, of course, we think about the comment in the Gospel of Mark that Jesus makes when the Pharisees were uh, trying to trick Jesus into uh, some kind of hypocrisy or hypocritic, uh, hypocritical statement, and uh, they ask him about paying taxes. And his famous statement, uh, which we tend to say like in the King James, you know, render under Caesar, uh, render under Caesar what is Caesar's, uh, that's where that comes from. Some interesting things about that. Maybe you don't know. And you can call and join the conversation if you'd like, 888-528-2557. You know, one of the themes, I think, whenever you're talking about the IRS is going to be fear. We talked and we we laughed about how many people get the uh, letter from the IRS and don't even open it and just bring it to their tax guy, you know, scared. Uh, It might even be good news. And even when you get good news from the IRS, it just seems like bad news. Somehow they have a way of saying, you know, here's your refund, but sometimes it just doesn't feel as good. If you get it in a letter, the direct deposit is better because uh, you don't get a letter. I think you might get a letter later on. I hardly ever get a refund. So, in fact, the one time I get one, I get in trouble. But anyway, uh, you know, in uh, when whenever governments are around, there's always a a difficulty with paying money to a government that might be doing unjust things or evil things. The Roman government was certainly one of those governments, you know, and for whatever evil you want to say Joe Biden is doing or Donald Trump did or Barack Obama or George W. Bush or whichever president you like to beat up on, none of them are as bad as the uh, Caesars, many of those Caesars. None of them have done anything like uh, those those people have done. You know, when, when Paul tells us to pray for uh, kings and those in authority, he's talking about Nero. Most scholars believe that Nero was on the throne, probably the most evil um, and he's not praying that they're successful and they're evil. It's pray for them that they're successful at governing and that their hearts change so that they do not do evil. Uh, that's the reason we do that. Anyway, 
Um, an interesting thing, and maybe you knew this, but I'm going to I'm going to point it out because I think it's it's such an interesting thing. In the Roman government, there was something called the imperial cult that you were required to not just uh, pay your taxes, you know, and do all that kind of stuff, but you actually had to see Caesar as God, as divine. Okay, that was the that was the whole idea. And, you know, most of the time, you probably don't study this. I mean, you know, whenever you think of Caesar Augustus, most of you are thinking either about a salad or you're thinking about the Christmas story. And that's it. I think that's one of the beautiful things, right, is that, you know, 2,000 years later, nobody cares about Caesar Augustus. Uh, He's just a footnote in the story about Jesus Christ, who everybody has to make a decision about. Um, But if you study that kind of thing, there's you get some richness from your Bible in knowing some of the politics of the day. And Augustus, uh, his full name, he really made a name for himself. His full name was uh, Imperator Caesar Divi Filius Augustus, which was Commander or Emperor Caesar Augustus, Son of the Divine. And he was called the Son of God. And the idea was is that he was the son of Julius Caesar's niece, Julius Caesar, you've heard of that guy, um, probably, or you've seen the play, or maybe they made you memorize that when you were in school. Uh, he was the dictator of the Roman Republic. He wrote a lot of his own history. Uh, he wrote a lot, a lot of the history that we have of that era is coming from him. Um, probably some of it's accurate. Probably a lot of it is, you know, written according to his favor, but there wasn't a lot of people checking back then. Not that the fact checkers were any good back then like they are, or not any good today like they were back then. They're, what I'm trying to say is the fact checkers sometimes need fact checkers. Same back then as it is now. And uh, March 15th, Ides of March, he was assassinated. And uh, so Augustus, who was Octavius, was not in town. He finally gets to town and he takes on his uncle's name. He becomes Octavius Caesar and he uh, avenged his uncle's death. And what happened was, is the Roman Senate deified Julius Caesar. They decided that he is now a Roman god. They decided he was the true god. And so from then on, in Roman culture, he would be spoken of as the divine Julius, you see. And when you just think about that for a minute, and then you you realize Jesus is now on the scene, and people are calling Jesus the Son of God, there's a conflict there, isn't there? Because Augustus is the Son of God, according to the Romans, but now Jesus comes on the scene, he's like, no, he's the Son of God. That's where we get a lot of our Christian statements. You know, Jesus uh, Jesus is Lord, that's because that's the people used to say Caesar is Lord, and the Christians, eventually, once Jesus rose again and Christianity began, the Christians would respond, no, no, Jesus is Lord. And they'd say that to each other to encourage each other. Uh, Julius uh, was Julius Caesar the divine. Octavius was the son of the divine, the son of God. Well, I think when it comes to the, the taxes uh, and the tax verse that we quote so often, over time, there was a lot of different wars and Roman civil wars and um, eventually Octavius brought what was called peace to Rome, Pax Romana. It wasn't really peace, okay? It was the type of peace with a gun to your head, so that's the way it worked. Um, and it's the same kind of peace that Hitler brought to Europe in the 1930s, okay? It's not peace. Um, it was wicked, and it was oppressive, and it was evil. And Rome just expanded its territories. Um, he made himself emperor and... Uh, he received the name Augustus, which meant sacred and revere. 
and he had this title, and therefore every Caesar after that would be known as the son of God, okay? Each emperor would be worshipped um, as the son of God, because they're the son of God, the son of God, the son of God, that's how it would work. Well, the interesting thing is that they put that on their coins, that if you Google it and you go look for Roman coins, uh, you can look for what's called the tribute penny, and there's many other coins that have the same inscription, but the tribute penny was when the Romans would take over a certain area, sometimes they'd let you keep your religion or your gods, but you also have to acknowledge and tribute by a tax that Caesar is Lord. And you can have your gods, but you've got to say that Caesar is Lord. Well, the coin that was shown to Jesus when he was asked in Mark, uh, the Gospel of Mark, uh, they came to him and said, Teacher, we know that you're a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? The imperial tax is the, the tribute tax, acknowledging in a way that he's God. Should, should we pay it or shouldn't we? And they had arguments back then about should we pay our taxes to a government that's doing evil? Should we be funding the military? Should we be doing those things? And it was obviously, like it would be today, a complicated conversation. Jesus knew their hypocrisy. See, Jesus knew that their, their hearts were not about finding truth, right? They didn't want to try to find the good thing. They were just trying to get Jesus in trouble, and he knew that. And Jesus says, why are you trying to trap me? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. So it was probably Caesar Tiberius. And the inscription on that coin, which is not, you don't see it in the scripture, but when you dig up the coin and you look at it, the coin says Caesar is Lord. Uh, that Caesar is the son of God. And they're showing that to Jesus, who is Lord and the son of God. And imagine them looking at that and reading that. Caesar is Lord, Son of God, and Jesus claiming to be Son of God and Lord, and his followers claiming that. And then in that context, Jesus says, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God's what is God's. It's amazing, and there's a lot of depth when you kind of get into that. For us, for right now, would you remember this? There's so many things we can get distracted on. The IRS story is a big one. There's other things, and we worry and Let's not get distracted or wrap ourselves up in court or getting audited because we decide we're not going to pay our taxes. The reason is, is that we have so much, so much bigger things to do that we are called. We should not be confused with the kingdom of the United States versus the kingdom of God. They're not the same. We serve the kingdom of God first. And so don't get yourself into trouble with the kingdom of the United States. Pray for the United States. Vote. Participate. But stay on mission with the Lord and make sure that everything you do is giving God glory and not distracting you from the reason you were made to tell people and show people the love of Jesus Christ. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'll be back with Hour 2 in just a few moments. Stay with us. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. This is the Wednesday edition of SoCal Live, and we'll continue in a moment. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.